And in my opinion, a data layer is a prerequisite to an implementation. Sure, you you can implement something without you can you can drop the code on the page without a data layer. And yeah, okay, temporarily you can scrape from CSS. But in my mind, a data layer is absolutely a prerequisite to an implementation. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a roundtable discussion covering a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Your hosts, Jason Thompson, John Moran, Jen Coons, and myself, Jim Driscoll, all live in different areas of the world, but work together in the same company. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Cool. All right, we're uh, we're recording now, um, and a lot of times we just start off with uh, you know some kind of nonsensical thing to talk about. Then you know John or Jason kind of tran- you know, challenges me to us uh, to segue. It yeah. really it really has. It's become a game because because Jim's <laughs> like I can segue off of whatever you guys talk about into our topic, and I'm like you know what John and I are going to get together and challenge you on this. We're going to come up with the most crazy out there topic, and you you're going to have to on the fly somehow segue into this so has everyone done their taxes it's it's yeah, April 12th. Yeah. yep I, I, t- I tweeted about it yeah mine are done i just have we, we we got dinged this year so i actually just have to mail the check this uh this weekend but they've been done for a while Oof. yeah i uh i finished mine at about 3 30 in the morning uh two nights ago mm-hmm. um because that's the only time that I could just zone out, not think about uh, <laughs> the, the outcome of, of taxes and, and got them got them submitted. Um, but I always cut it close. I, I, I start them in January and then I and then I put them <laughs> off and, because I, I usually don't like it, like the results halfway through. No, I put them off do. until, uh, you know, early April and, and it ended up working out this year, miraculously. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah. Segue off that. Um, <laughs> so so the, the, the topic today is, um, it, it's going to be, you know, focusing on data layers and the value there. And so if you want to talk about taxes and, you know, for those people that wait until the last, the absolute last minute, if you've got an, a, a decent tax bill, you got to pay your scrounging for money. What's that? Oh, this is gonna be a <laughs> Do I win a prize for this? <laughs> um, but uh, okay. In, in, in all seriousness, so this week, uh, Jason, we're joined by TMS guru extraordinaire uh, Jim Gordon. So Hello. for uh, the five of our listeners who maybe don't know Jim. Um, <laughs> You know, he he's spent time with Search Discovery uh, when they were building Satellite, which mm-hmm. ultimately became DTM when it was uh, acquired by Adobe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the author of the frequently used and referenced DTM cheat sheet. I mean, I know I hit it at least twice a week to make sure certain things I'm using are correct. Uh, and then over the last five years, he's been building Tagtician which is a browser companion tool to help people debug, export, and explore their DTM and now Adobe Launch uh, libraries. So Jim, it's uh, it's really cool to, to have you here with us this week. Hey, thanks. Thanks, happy to be here. Yeah, 
Cool. So how we came to this is um, about two weeks ago, Jim, you put out a tweet um, talking about data layers. Mm -hmm. um, and to, to me, I know it, it's been a soapbox of mine for, for several years right now, but re what really caught my attention because, and, and one thing I want to say is what I've been trying to do with this is not try to have every show where it's all three people are like, oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, I, I want to have disagreements. Now, the thing yeah. is, I know going into this, we agree, but I want to kind of get into the, the pros and cons, the both sides of the discussion. But again, sure. going back to your tweet, one of the things that um, caught my attention is you talked about, you know, with the pushback of building a data layer that, you know, at one point you consider yourself a... Um, a problem or a, a, a yeah. troublemaker in, in that regard. So that mm -hmm. you and I chatted for a good hour and a half. And I mean, we, we hit all kinds of various topics. You mentioned that you were writing up uh, blog posts that I'm definitely going to make sure Jason and I link to any of the content we publish on this. And that's ultimately where we landed after a wide ranging conversation. We were all over the place. We're like, you know, Let's do um, a couple podcast episodes that kind of tie yeah. in with your your blog post. So I know I'm starting to ramble for a moment, but um, one, you know, would like maybe you know, take a quick moment. You know, anything else that you're currently working on, you've got going totally um, to, to share with folks. But then where I'd like to kind of start is, you know, when we're talking about data layers and we're going to get I don't know if I don't want to spend too much time talking about exactly what they are. I want to get into how we've gotten to this point. And again, I'd like you to talk yeah. a bit about why you think you may consider yourself a bit of like the troublemaker with the resistance <laughs> of building one. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely part of the part of the problem. Um, and before I say I'm part of the problem, it's it's important to identify what the problem is. Um, in, in my opinion, there is a problem uh, where people aren't implementing a data layer. And it's a problem um, I, I don't think people understand that, that not implementing a data layer, uh, uh, is a problem. And I, I, I was part of that. I was part of this, um, this movement where we were, we were at the time selling tag management systems back in, um, 2011, 2012. And I, my, my opinions do not reflect the opinions of those who, who, worked with me. I mean, my, my goal was to sell tag management systems when we were working on satellite, right? And the value proposition, since it was a brand new technology, is that you could put the this code on your website and without a single, like just two lines of code or just one line of code and, I hated that and without pitch. anything else, tag. with the magic tag, right? And without any other code, without any other thought, <laughs> you can have your entire site tagged. Now, 2010 was a a, a simpler time, or 2011 was a simpler time. Um, arguably, um, some some folks are are we're we're still implementing the same way in some respects that we did in in 2010, and that's that's okay. And we can talk about that a little bit later. But um. But the idea was to sell the product and uh, the value proposition for developers, because that's often who we would talk to, is, hey, that's this is less work for you. 
And we just wanted to make tag management something that every company used, right? Because it wasn't, it wasn't as ubiquitous. It wasn't like this, it wasn't a dependency for implementation. It was just this, this neat new tool that, that these people are saying can solve all of our problems. Um, and we had to show them that, yeah, it can, it can solve, it can solve a lot of development headaches. Now there's more nuance to it now. Um, and you know we'll we'll go into that. But uh, when I say I'm part of the problem, that's 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 what I contributed to. I was I would get on these calls and say, oh yeah, yeah, totally. We can dynamically pull in uh, your category if you're clicking on a thing. We can dynamically pull in the title using this neat little library called jQuery, <laughs> and, and we could just use these jQuery listeners and selectors to to pull out all of your. Um, all the data that we need to from from the DOM. Uh, so it's I, I don't think I don't think a data layer is particularly a new new topic either because I talked to folks on um, I posted a tweet a little while back that I I think just after summit volunteering my time to talk to people uh, about data layers just whatever you want to talk about if you're if you're a non-believer talk to me and I'll I'll try to understand why. Um, I'd not necessarily convince you, but but just try to understand why. Uh, because I've worked with a lot of clients who aren't believers of of data layers, and and to a lot of consultants, you know, oftentimes I I think we're in kind of a bubble where it's like, oh yeah, well duh, of course people should be using data layers. I I think a lot of people. It's been a long time since they've worked with a client that hasn't used a data layer. But in the last year and a half, two years, I've worked with more companies that haven't implemented a data layer than companies that have. Uh, so I resurfaced this and I posted some some a blog post about CSS selectors versus versus data layers, which got a really interesting response. I thought it would just fly under the radar. I was like, I'll just make a bunch of memes. It'll be funny post it out there and a couple people will be like, yeah, Jim. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I reread like, it again this morning. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I, the, the, but the thing is, is it, it, it got a lot more traction than I expected because for, especially for a topic that's that I feel like people are, are tired of. And then I look at the summit agenda and the agenda at summits, like all this futuristic, really cool stuff and I'm sitting here thinking, like, man, a lot of folks still need to work on the on the basics, like data layers. Uh, so it's it's not as people don't see data layers as a required step for an implementation. They don't see it as something that they have to have. Um, and this is a this is a broad statement. By people, I mean I mean there is a significant amount of uh, of people who who do not feel that a data layer is necessary to an implementation. And I think it is. And anyway, that's that's where this whole thing came from is that original I could talk I could I could keep talking no, about you it. No, you can. And that's why I think we <laughs> we we could just go for forever. So I think, you know. Yeah. Um so you you published your most recent blog post titled An Appeal. Mm -hmm. Is that a separate thread? Then, then your kind of desire that everybody should have a data layer. I'm wondering where we go next because I would love mm -hmm. for you to go down that path on why you believe that's the case, why you're seeing maybe mm -hmm. a divergence from that. Because 
I think historically we've seen in the last couple of years that almost ex- uh, be expected that you're going to do a data layer, but things change, right? So if you if you go back, we went from, well, everything's just going to be vendor specific as page code. Then we migrated to this thing called, what was it? Context data was kind of the next mm-hmm. kind of thing, which was kind of an in-between step. And then yep. the W3C stepped in and said, no, 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 we're going to do this, you know, data layer thing, which I think you have a problem maybe with the W3C yeah, standard. Yeah. You know, where, where do you want to kind of branch off from there? Because I think there's a lot of different areas we can take this. Uh, and before I start talking about the the problems that I listed with the W, my perceived problems with the W3C, I, I want to say that I, I've, Use W3C for a very long time. I just think I think we've we've outgrown it at this point. It was it was a good intro. It was a good document to show people what a data layer looks like. But but we're um, uh, we've grown grown past that. Um, the original purpose of writing the article, uh, I was I, the original article that I was going to write uh, was an appeal for uh to uh to adobe so the original goal was to start writing about like hey i think i think adobe should support um should should build and support uh uh, an integration for some some sort of data layer uh i get questions a lot from from my coworkers who are uh uh and 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 other people i i've worked with asking hey jim you know what's what data layer do you use for for launch? Um, and I'm like, well, I typically use I start with the W3C, I guess, and then I bake in direct call rules. Um, and you can technically pass in JSON objects with direct call rules, but you know, maybe we should use something vendor agnostic. So let's look at custom events. And it, it kind of goes on to where it's like, okay, we have we have this W3C thing. And then there's this event-driven stuff that we don't have a, a clear answer. Um, and then for some companies, the W3C doesn't work because they're like, okay, well, this JSON object is nice and I know you want it to live in the header above this, this DTM or launch code, but our server response time isn't what we want it to be. Or maybe it takes a little while for to process like account details. So we we have to populate this information later. And by the way, how do you want to trigger this page view if um, if we don't know if it's going to be if we don't know if this information is going to be propagated on DOM ready or window loaded? Anyway, it turns into this huge it turns into this mess. And like I I, I consider myself on the more technical side of analytics at this point. Um, I'm I'm certainly not the most technical person. But you're you're if, you're definitely more technical than most because every time that I come up with some kind of need, I'm like, all right, I have to write some kind of crazy selector. I'm gonna go talk to Jim Gordon, and you're like, okay, here's the six level nested deep jQuery <laughs> selector to get what you want, and I wrote it in 45 seconds. So it's I I'm I'm good at some things like jQuery is like a puzzle. It's fun, uh, which is why it's tempting to use CSS selectors. I was talking to Jen Coons about it uh, the other day. And we were talking about CSS selectors and how it feels like a puzzle sometimes to use it. And uh, uh, while it's fun, um, it's it's not the most productive method. But uh, the 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 thing is, is like I don't I don't have an answer for people when they ask what type of data layer they should use. I I legit don't. I have no idea. Um, 
like what's the most efficient like I'm, I'm thinking like wow this is a big company they're going to be really mad if we have something that's pulling a job a json object every like every half second or every quarter of a second some developer is going to come in and say well you're using our resources and blah 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 even though like everyone's machine everyone's processor or whatever uh is fast enough to support like you know uh, a polling method that pulls an object every every quarter of a second um so am I, did i just jump into like way too technical no no it's 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 good because it's 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 what we hear all the time too so i'm interested in what your response is because oftentimes when i hear that question i don't even think they're jumping to that level of complexity although they get yeah. there i don't even think they're they're doing that yet when they when i hear what kind of data layer should i use they're they're really talking initially about structure because uh, you have the W3C yeah. standard, um, which is uh, an object kind of oriented nested uh, solution. You have other people that are dead set on it being flat. You have then vendors like Google and Telium that have their own unique way they want things mm -hmm. structured. Um, and they're not even thinking about the nuances of how do we capture events and how do we trigger things in a single page yeah. app um, environment. So. Well, how, do you, how do you answer that question to guide them down the right path without it being so overwhelming that everyone just wants to throw their hands in the air? I know. Well, it's it's tough. It's the answer is I don't. Um, that's what I wanted to find out with this article. Like, like I, I'm not going to make an appeal to Adobe and say, hey, you should implement something native for data layers without having some kind of recommendation. Um, when we. What you just said about the W3C. Uh, by default, you have to combine multiple methodologies and communicate multiple methodologies to a developer, right? I have my W3C data layer, and then I have, and then I have something to handle events. Uh, to me, that's that's already too much. Um, and and I know that a lot of folks listening, it's like, oh, well, it's just two things. Like, I I get it. You know, it's two things. It's a JSON object which developers understand, and then there's a method by which we pass data to a tag management system through some sort of event-driven um, uh, data layer, which which also technically makes sense, but it's a lot to explain. You know, it 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 means that in my documentation I have this W3C thing and this this W3C standard, I guess, and also this other thing, both of which constitute a data layer. And it just feels like a lot of work. It feels like a lot of work. And it's like, okay, what's the justification? And the first thing the developers are thinking of is, ugh, this is more work for me just to put data that's already been exposed on the page, right? And so they're like, okay, hang on. So we're writing this entire thing to pass events. We, ha we have this, this direct call rule. Okay, well, what happens on pages? What if we decide to take off Adobe DTM or Adobe Launch? Then we're going to be throwing errors. Great. Oh, now why do we buy this this tag management system in the first place? I thought this the whole reason we purchased this was to save us time, right? Because people like me <laughs> sold this tag management system to developers saying this is going to save you time. And now we're like, oh, oh, it will save you time. Um, just just not in the short term. In the long term, it's going to save you time. Right? And and so we have to kind of change the way that we 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 think about it right and we have to create new new justification for for this data layer and i say it's new justification because 
the justification for a tag management system was it's going to save you time. Now I'm saying, oh, hey, remember when we used to implement things in line and y'all were cool with it then? But, uh, but, it, but were they but were they cool with it? So what if sure. what if we take the conversation away from the the technical need? Can we agree mm -hmm. or maybe talk about that the fact that maybe it has created engineers front-end developers that are more informed and connected to what we're trying to do with digital data. And by that, I mean, mm -hmm. by by having it as in the conversation as a data layer, something more native to their conversation, rather than set an EVAR or set it in this slot in this Google Analytics call, to them, that means absolutely nothing and yeah. they're disconnected from it. Well, I think, I think ultimately the direction that we're going is making it more semantic. And it's important for everyone to understand the business value behind what you're doing. Otherwise, what are you, what are you doing? If, you, if you're just operating, if you're if you're just operating, you're just working operationally. It's there's right. there's not a heck of a lot, in my opinion. That's there's nothing fulfilling about that. Right, so, and I would say that that is has been one of the upsides of moving to a data layer that I has, I have seen is that it's been easier to get engineers engaged as part of the team into what we're trying to solve, because now it's not something so foreign and disconnected mm -hmm. from, from what they're doing. And when you use, when you use frameworks and methodologies that, that when we start introducing different methodologies to, to define and pass values via some kind of data layer, that's when we start getting, uh, it, it introduces, it invites more technical scrutiny. Um, because there are a million ways to do one thing. And mm -hmm. without some kind of advocacy for a standard, in my opinion, from, from an Adobe or Google or whatever, uh, we're going to be caught in this loop of, for context, every single person I spoke to, which is about 12 to 15 people, had a different way of implementing a data layer. Yeah. and. Mm -hmm. It's it's like I said in the blog post, you know, we have a lot of different package sizes, right? Because what what makes sense to you? You have um, think of of a data layer like you're shipping a package, right? The package is the data that you want to ship to your tag management system, right? And it has to be shipped inside of a vehicle. The W3C did a really good job at trying to standardize the package, but what we figured out is that every business ships different sizes of packages. They don't want to have their package standardized. I've gotten on a, a, a lot of calls with folks who say, yeah, the W3C is okay, but it doesn't really suit our business needs because we have a very unique business that has very specific needs for a data layer and how I want to pass uh, uh, the, the, the data that I want to pass into my tag management system um, doesn't reflect what's recommended in the w3c and i'm like well that's a problem with this <laughs> that's a mm -hmm. that's a problem with the way that they were thinking about the original documentation i don't i don't necessarily think that they wanted to box anyone into a naming convention is um, it but, but wait is it a problem with how they looked at it initially or is it a problem that they saw it as a one and done meaning uh, how often was the w3c hmm. standard updated as we learned more as as companies evolved in how they used 
data layers. Well, it hasn't been updated since 2013. Well, I mean, I think that's part of the answer, right? Is that oh, yeah. may, maybe that's a big part of the problem is that as we've learned in this industry, and I think many technical industries, that things change quickly. And if we look at any kind of standard or implementation as we stand this up once and we're done is is destined for failure, right? Because we learn, things evolve, and we come up with better ways. And that makes it tricky because things are always in flux, um, especially for an organization like the W3C to keep it updated. And then every then maybe everyone gets upset because we're changing the spec and we're like, oh, shit, we have to go back and redo everything. So what's what's the well, answer? Can, can you go a little bit into your appeal? Because I'm interested here's... in how... Yeah. Here's something interesting about the W3C, and you're right, things do evolve. Um, and my recommendation is something similar to what Google created with their uh, uh, data layer dot push, uh, their their data layer. Uh, what I recommended is it's kind of similar to what GTM is. Um, what's funny is Google was a contributor for the W3C standard, and while they were contributing to that W3C standard they were building their proprietary data layer for Google Tag Manager. At the <laughs> yeah. exact same time, Joe Christopher, I, I think from, from Blast, um, actually tweeted the the link to their, uh, I think it was their GitHub uh, page, where they were working on a methodology, like which is totally different from the W3C. So while they were writing the W3C, they were also working on their own data well, uh, layer. And, and to be fair, there were like 50 other organizations on that that committee, right? There, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, my my guess is um, what's what's written in the W3C doesn't necessarily reflect the opinions of its authors. Yeah. Um, because, some, yeah, how do you have 60 people? Some kind of consensus or someone was a stronger voice than than others for sure. No doubt, no doubt. Telium, it was the same. You know, Telium has their own way that they handle data layers and... Um, uh, so, so anyway, this whole so, thing was, but, but let's earmark that. Cause I want to come back to that. Cause that to me is the, like, how do you standardize it? If everyone's going to come up and you're, you're kind of appeal to Adobe to say, you know, we need a standard. Like I, I thought that was the W3C's approach is we're, we're outside of everything. So we're going to come up with the generic standard and then everyone's like, nah, it's a good idea, but we're going to develop our own standard. <laughs> but doesn't that get away from the whole fact that we wanted something vendor agnostic so well, that we could move around? The W3C was standardizing the package though, right? Okay. They're, they're so trying to get, standardize. Yeah, let's get, I, I, killed, I, killed your, I killed your flow, your mojo no, in no your, worries. your package. So go back to your analogy with the package. No worries. So uh, the W3C spent most of its time focusing on how to design the package, right? The schema. Um, and they accounted for events, certainly. They, they have the digital data dot events array. Um, but, you know, there's nothing that, effectively observe there's no mechanism built into adobe launch that effectively observes the i mean there's the data element change right you could set that digital data dot events as a data element and monitor that using data element change that's the closest native thing that we have to just using just using it well sort of just using the w3c standard right but that monitors it every second. So we're subject to race conditions. And if, for those who aren't familiar, race conditions are um, uh, uh, basically you're, you're seeing what gets done first. Either, either um, every second launch checks to see in if, if an event was pushed into an array or every second launch 
checks to see if a data element has changed. Um, so if you push an event, if you click on a button and it pushes a JSON object into that array and the page changes, so like you go from page A to page B, um, I better hope that launch has pulled that data element in time before the uh, before the page changes from page A to page B. Because if I go to page B from page A, uh, before launch pulls that object, I lose the data. Is that, did I explain that okay? No, you did, and it's a huge okay. challenge, and it's becoming more and more complicated. And, and, and if the only way to avoid those race conditions is to build your own event-driven data layer. Like, that's it. That's your, that's your other option, is to uh, have the W3C standard and also a different thing that you've built. Yeah, and what we've seen, especially on the Adobe side, people doing is uh, pushing to their data layer after it's been built as things come online. And you brought up really popular scenarios around fetching account details or other things from third parties, like maybe reverse IP lookups or things like that that load later. And then their their thing that they're using is direct call rules because they're saying, okay, we can tell when we pushed an update to the data layer. Now we're going to call a direct mm -hmm. call rule to go and fetch it. But it's not a very scalable solution. No, it's not. And I've spoken with uh, several companies recently who use both uh, an Adobe Tag Management System and another one, uh, either Google Tag Manager or uh, uh, Telium or Insighton. Um, not as many using Signal, but uh, it, I, I, I have You say that, because, you say that because Jim's on the podcast? <laughs> no, I, it's, it's honestly, it's... Uh, <laughs> the majority, the vast majority, are either GTM or, or DTM slash launch. Um, I think I think Telium is probably the third of the people of the, of my small hemisphere of the sphere of of people who I happen to talk to. It happens to be mostly DTM, GTM, and Telium. Um, a little bit of insight in here, in there, and I. I just talked to the wrong people. I need to. I need to spread my wings a little bit wider. And, no, I and think I think we see the same thing. So, yeah. and we could probably have a whole other episode on the uh, peaks and valleys of of tag management. But at yeah. one point in time, yeah. Insighton was the growing force and was everywhere. I don't know what happened there. They lost wild. a lot of executives. They lost a lot of their top engineers. And then Telium started injecting a lot of money into marketing. And so they, yeah, it's an interesting landscape. It's it's a very very interesting landscape. Uh, that's we'll save that conversation for next podcast because I um, <laughs> yeah that's a that's a whole different thing. Um, but but the idea is uh, you know I have a lot of analysts who who message me and ask where to start right and I wrote this article uh, because I don't have a clear answer to that question and I want to give them the most I want to give them the uh, the solution that they'll leave on their site for you know, five years um, at minimum. Uh, and I know that's, that's maybe that's a pipe dream. Maybe I'm just being overly optimistic uh, with, with how long a solution like that might last. But um, GTM has been pretty successful with their data layer dot push for the last uh, five or six years. So, uh, you know, I think, I think, I think we can improve upon that. I think we can improve upon what GTMs, what Google's built and create something 
that isn't totally foreign to people yeah. who are used to W3C. Well, and and one and, of the things one yeah. of the things that I honestly like about that and I don't know if you've noticed this would be interested in your your comments is that mm -hmm. as with implementations of Martech solutions themselves, um, everybody has as you mentioned their own idea of what a data layer should look like mm -hmm. and we've seen it time and time again where you have someone that architected the data layer leaves, someone new comes in they're mm -hmm. like, "Nope, redoing this whole thing. So they're in this yep. constant cycle of rip down, rebuild. But if you have something where it's more formalized, then it's, it's, yep. you know, you know what I'm saying? Everyone, everyone ships a different package, right? Everyone has a different package that they want to ship. They want to change the structure. Oh, this structure doesn't make sense when I have, you know, digital data dot user dot first name, digital data dot user dot last name, which by the way is PII. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, you, Probably have, some G you have GDPR people... violations in there. <laughs> right. Uh, everyone structures things differently. Uh, we shouldn't standardize the package. We should standardize the vehicle, or at least come close to standardizing some kind of vehicle. And I think that's where W3C um, has now been, in my mind, deprecated, right? It's, a, it's documentation about the package that should be shipped. And I know it does talk a little bit about the vehicle, but the vast majority of content in the W3C standard is about the package. And I think we should focus on the vehicle and not the package. Because I'm going to be shipping, I'm going to be working with companies that, that ship all sorts of packages, all different shapes and sizes, all of which make sense for that business. And, and I'm still caught every single time in the same problem of how do I ship it? And I think we should, I think we should standardize or, or I think Adobe should create a way to, um, a standard way to ship those packages. Uh, and I, the word standard is always like a totally, like, it's a trap. It's a trap word because someone's going to come up and say, oh, well, you know, you can't really create a standard. Or when you create 14 standards and you try to create one that standardizes one global standard, suddenly you have 15 standards. I, I get it. My my appeal is for Adobe to create one. So And that's it. So, and I'm gonna come back to that. Yeah, I, the, the creating of standards is really difficult. I Early in my career, I was on a subcommittee and I didn't really do anything other than do a lot of listening um, with a lot of other companies that were trying to standardize, um, talking about the package and the delivery um, of the mm -hmm. SOAP um, protocol. And I'm yeah. like, how the yeah. hell are we ever going to come to some kind of consensus that makes sense here? Um, but back to your point, why Adobe? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, is it for just Adobe Experience Cloud users that they're going to create? Well, a to me, if there's no, with no standard, we're communicating to our users that uh, it's not a critical in, in my opinion we are communicating to our to our customers that a data layer isn't a prerequisite to an implementation and in my opinion a data layer is a prerequisite to an implementation sure you you can implement something without you can you can drop the code on the page without a data layer and yeah okay temporarily you can scrape from css but in my mind, a data layer is absolutely a prerequisite to an implementation and not natively supporting or not having something that's baked into Adobe Launch um, 
that supports uh, a that's a vehicle to send data from the page to um, to the tag management system that signals to users that okay, this isn't this isn't something that's necessary for your implementation. But 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 isn't that what we dislike about Telium is that they force us into their standard? Um, I think they create a flat object with their data layer, and first of all, that's sacrilege. Um, <laughs> But, <laughs> we're gonna have to have some. Ooh, let's have someone from Helium and Adobe and Jim on as part two, and we're gonna dupe this out. I, I'm, I'm I agree. Pretty I, sure hate, I hate the flat. I don't like the flat. I think people at Helium don't even like it, but I think there's some sort of architectural constraint where you know it's it's gonna be tough for them to to get out of that design pattern. Um, you know, I I think I. I'm not. I'm not entirely. I'm not very well versed in Telium, so I'm not going to speak on their behalf, and I'm not going to suggest that what people like or dislike about Telium has anything to do with the vehicle that they're using to send the data. Um, but one one thing that causes me a lot of stress, uh, because like my most of my life, aside from my family. The other part of my life is is analytics. Like what causes me a lot of stress is figuring out how I'm going to send this data from my page to the tag management system. And, uh, you know, oftentimes it's just we we don't have there's there's for folks who are less technically versed. At some point, you're just like screw it. We're just going to use CSS selectors Be because I'm trying to Google different ways to implement a data layer. As 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 someone who isn't as technical, I'm I'm putting myself in the shoes of an, any other analyst, and I'm trying to Google this stuff, and I, I can't find consistent information. Okay, this observe point article says I should override array dot push, um, and also use it in tandem with W3C. Um, Adobe says use W3C, but maybe use direct call rules, or I could also use custom events. Um, this this other person's telling me I should use HTML5 data attributes. Um, and, oh, you know, data layers aren't as necessary for stuff like clicks. So maybe we should just scrape from, from the DOM, which is a slippery slope, by the way. Um, and, oh, for, for the other stuff, just use direct call rules, which, you know, direct call rules are okay, but they're not vendor agnostic and they're, they don't really fit in too well with, you have to create a a way to pass that information into something like a, um, a, a, a global JSON object. Otherwise it's kind of tough to QA. So, so that's, that's, that's kind of what goes through my head when I think about like, okay, well, why should Adobe do this? Like, why should Adobe do this? It, the, the reason is every time I Google, how should I do an Adobe launch data layer? I can't get a consistent answer. Yeah. And it drives me up the wall. And a lot of people do this. A lot of like most, a lot of, I'm not going to say most people, a lot of practitioners Google Adobe launch data layer and they're like, oh, hey, here's one methodology, this W3C thing. Oh, and by the way, make up your mind between these five other methodologies mm -hmm. um, to pass event driven data. Yeah. Stuff. So, so, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I like it. Ah. My my fear is is that without a really strong educational push, that it's it's still going to be difficult. And by that I mean, mm -hmm. e even if we came up with a a really strong workable standard, you're yeah. still going to have SaaS providers that their sales teams are going to 
position, whatever is easiest for them to sell. You're going to uh, have consulting agencies that are positioning whatever is going to sound best for them to win the deal to architect your data layer. Yeah. So how do we educate the buyers on the right questions to ask and, and the right standards to align with? Adobe needs to make one. Adobe needs to make it. They need to support it. They need to make it. They need to support it because is that because otherwise is it's that a be, fight. Otherwise, it's like but, okay. But let me go back to my previous question. Is that because they're uh, along with with Google really the ubiquitous players in the enterprise space, or is it because we're talking about just those enterprise clients that are on the Adobe Experience Cloud? I, I it's not clear in my mind exactly what you're proposing there. Sure, sure. Um... So let's 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 take a step back, um, and I'll explain why I I feel Adobe needs to create it. Um, right now, I think we have we have some really viable options for data layers. I I've talked to um, uh, uh, Wayne Wyatt from Traho yesterday, I think, and and he built he built a a, a really cool event driven data layer um, methodology. I, I see Search Discovery created an awesome, uh, Stu Schilling created a, like a phenomenal um, extension for Adobe Launch, this data layer manager. Um, there's there's a lot of other, I feel bad, I'm going to miss some other folks who, who built really cool stuff, but there's a lot of options for data layers out there. Um, why should Adobe make one when there's when there's all these all these options out here i could pick from any one of these which might be better than something that adobe creates um and and the reason is as a consulting firm i uh, i'm going to be hesitant to use something that another consulting firm has built number one like me personally my opinion doesn't matter here like i don't care i'll use what's best for the client right or i'll use what's best for my own organization because I'm looking at things from a totally neutral standpoint. I frankly don't care. I just want to do right by the client, you know, but a lot of other people out there don't want to use something that's been built by a competing firm. And a lot of clients out there are skeptics. It's really, it's, and, and rightfully so. I, who is this? Who is this company? Who is this thirty-three sticks company? And why should I, um, why should I use for for something as important as a data layer, something that's carrying sensitive information about my customer? Why should I put all of my trust in this vendor? Uh, who, by the way, I have zero SLAs with. Like, I, there's no guarantee that they're just going to up and abandon this project. I don't think they will. But there's no so, guarantee. Of so that. asterisk small legal print thirty three sticks decided not to do that because of that reason. <laughs> no, it's it's right, a right, it's right. a really good topic because there there are a lot of operational pieces that need to go into place, and we're not we're not talking about small little shops here. We're talking about massive mm -hmm. billion dollar companies mm -hmm. leveraging this. There's a ton of liability and things that need to be in place to support that. And for the record, I. Uh, I'm not commenting on any any company who's built a data layer. I, I've um, I've spoken and I trust you know both both Traho Search Discovery um, thirty three six hasn't built a, a a data layer and I don't I don't think you plan on it and I don't I don't think you should because I I think 
Adobe should build it. But um, but I I think they're they're all excellent products, and I I would trust that they are they are regularly updated. And this is by no means a guarantee because I do not work for any of these companies. But but I I don't want to say that and and make it sound like like I don't think that these are are actual risks with the the companies that I mentioned. I don't I don't think that they're not going to I thought you were a troublemaker. Me. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I think they're I think they're risks I'm, I'm a troublemaker for Adobe right now and I feel I, really bad I because think they're I'm... they're risks in general, but I think this is a whole other whole other podcast. So we don't need to go too far down right. that, that so, path. so so that's that's one reason I think Adobe should create it is because you know you, there are those questions out there that's like okay I don't know how much they're going as much as they say that they will like I trust you um, but what happens if the lead developer leaves or what happens if they push a release and something breaks which is a risk of any product that any company releases even Adobe so um, but I don't think that it doesn't make it any easier on Adobe customers when we have 10 competing vendors all building their own data layer. Um, all None of which I can really trust as a third party because I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know if, if it's in my client's best interest to use data layer A or data layer B and we have all this disparate documentation. Um, so having Adobe build their own uh, data layer framework, is framework the right word to use for this? Sure. Or data layer vehicle. Um, yeah, vehicle consolidates, scenario. Consolidates documentation. So that's one huge benefit. I, I, I can search for Google Tag Manager data layer and I get 2000 results, all completely relevant to that search query. I type in Adobe Analytics uh, data layer and I get seven. <laughs> I know this because I counted. I think it's in my article, mm -hmm. seven, seven results. Um, and and that's it's frustrating because we're, we're not really working together to build something which is critical to an implementation. We're not working together as an industry to, to build something that's that's better and to improve upon it. And it's like, yeah, okay, this data layer might not be perfect. It might not be something that will last, you know, a decade, but at least we'll know how to iterate in the right direction instead of iterating in every direction. So if you if you propose this to Adobe, they're gonna come back to you and say, That's that's great, Jim, but that doesn't fit our product vision. Our our right. vision for the product is that we wanted to create something that left the creative uh, license up to the end user to create whatever they wanted to create. Mm -hmm. So what is your counter argument going to be back to Adobe that says, these are the reasons why other than it's broken right now? Like, how do you convince them that this is the right thing for them, for the industry, um, for their for their customers? Yeah. Well, I mean, if I'm Adobe and I create this vendor agnostic-ish data layer, well, let's let's back up. Why 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 even have a tag management system? I mean, it's a cost center for Adobe. They're they're not making money off of this directly off of this tag management system. They have it number one because it it makes it easier for customers to deploy Adobe tools, right? That's that's one huge value proposition. Another one is it 
is it it keeps them in their ecosystem, which is which is a good thing if I'm Adobe and I want to keep folks in in my product ecosystem. It takes a whole lot of work to migrate from uh, 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 from Adobe to any other product if I have everything living in something like Adobe Launch. Um, so in that spirit, I think um, for the same reason that a tag management system is funded, I think they should fund a data layer. Um, in addition, maintaining, building and maintaining their own data layer vehicle uh, keeps people in their ecosystem. Because if I create something that is agnostic to tag management systems, I can switch over to something like Telium, which a lot of their customers use products like uh, Telium and Insight, and they don't all use Adobe DTM and Launch. Um, they are still using uh, uh, the data layer, which creates a dependency, which as Adobe, I kind of want to have a dependency with my clients because that keeps them in my product ecosystem. And that's a really, that's kind of like a shady way of putting it, but I mean, let's be real. Like, we as Adobe, I want to retain customers and I want to keep, uh, I, I want to have the opportunity, uh, every opportunity I can get to convert folks to more Adobe products and building and maintaining their own data layer vehicle uh, makes it that much easier to pull people back into an ecos the ecosystem if they, if they wanted to experiment somewhere else yeah so okay so two questions as we're kind of wrapping up on on time here uh and i want to make sure we got through jim's agenda jim man we're gonna have to come up with some kind of nicknames here with two jims on the call <laughs> um with with uh what jd j driscoll no that's two let's see Jim D. Um, so, so you just uh, say like Jimalytics for me, and then just call Jim. It's, Jim. Too, it's too hard for me to pronounce Jimalytics for some reason. Uh, <laughs> so, so two things. One, do you want to fly out to Utah, and we can see if we can get some time with Adobe for you to present this, and then you and I can barbecue together. Which Jim? You. Driscoll. Yeah, dude. Of course. <laughs> the thing is, I, I let me just say this: Corey Spencer and. Uh, uh, folks like Aaron Hardy, Jeff, Jeff Chasen, Rudy Shumpert, and and the rest of the lot. Uh, I'm sorry for causing trouble. I know that my my writing this this is like the last thing you probably want to have to deal with. It's like, oh my god, Jim's writing about this stuff again, and I, I they do such fantastic work. And I want to say, I want to say that this isn't necessarily the responsibility of the team that built launch i don't think that it's up to to necessarily Corey's Corey's team Corey and his team to build this data layer product out i don't think that necessarily lives with um with the uh the launch team um and if they do build it uh, adobe should should give them all huge raises and bonuses because i i think this is this can be seen as an independent product of launch. And in my opinion, it should be an extension. So people aren't forced to, to use this library or, or this, this, um, this product. 
this is a, this is yeah. a this is a product. Yeah. Um. So, so I know, like every time I post a blog post, it's it's usually um. Uh, it's it's a review of uh maybe it's a review of an extension, and it probably creates a lot. I create a lot of anxiety for a lot of people, and I feel bad about it. And you shouldn't. So, it's needed, right? And you gave us like a mediocre grade or something, and people are like, "Whoa, Jim's hard, man." But it's it's it, it's important. We need we need. That's how we get better, right? Yeah. It. I agree. I agree. And there's there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And I hope I hope that this is being seen as something that isn't, this isn't, this isn't malicious or I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus for anything. It's just, you know, our industry is evolving and, um, I, I want to see Adobe succeed because I think they build really, really good products. And I have a lot of really good friends who work there and I want to see them succeed. So it's in, it's in my best interest for them to succeed because yeah of that so the last question for now and i say for now because i think we just scratched the surface and i i would love to have you back on because i think this is a really interesting conversation but very valuable conversation that i think a lot of our listeners will not only enjoy just listening to the conversation um but will hopefully take away some some really valuable pieces of advice or things to think about based on what they've heard from you. So um, would love to have you back on shortly for a follow-up to this because we just started to get into some of the interesting topics. But before we close out this episode, I would love to have you give your advice or things to think about. We know kind of what where you stand with Adobe and we need to get you out to Utah so we can all get together and, and chat. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what advice would you have for agencies, uh, for for companies, um, when it comes to data layers as the current landscape exists today? So if I'm a company and I'm evaluating what I should be doing, if I'm an agency and I'm I'm doing work with clients around data layers, what's the most important thing that you want those two populations to be thinking about? Oof. You can it do it. On, it depends on the context. Like, well, so what, what should so they just think about in, in, in general. So we just had this really deep conversation about the the reason yeah. why data layers are important, but maybe it's not working as well as it should. We we talked about the fact that you hear from so many people says, "What type of data layer should I be investing in?" Um, what's just the number one advice that you would give to to companies and to consultancies that are that Ooh. are dealing a lot in data layers? Okay. Um, there's, there's, there's no, we're not going to judge you on this. Yeah, so don't yeah. take it. Don't freak out, man. No, 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 no. Uh, no, I'm going to judge myself later. That's, that's what I, I'm very, very critical of what I, what I put out there. I had to rewrite that article like five times. Um, so, so the, the, the advice that I would give is, you know, um, think about tomorrow, but do what you need to do today. So I, I put out there in the article that, in my opinion, tomorrow's best data layer will be an event-driven data layer. And I, I'm going to write, I'm in the process of writing an article explaining what that is, what that means, why I think that, all that other stuff um, in more detail than I had in my, my uh, 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 appeal article. Um, but we don't have time to wait on tomorrow, necessarily. So just because I don't think the W3C 
mixed with another methodology is the most optimal. Um, and I don't, I don't think it will be the standard for Adobe, you know, uh, in several years. Uh, don't let that stop you from evangelizing and implementing a data layer. I, I do. The last thing I want to do is write something that convinces you to not implement a data layer because I, I, I think that an event-driven data layer or whatever data layer that Adobe hasn't built yet, um, just because I, I think that's a better methodology doesn't mean you shouldn't evangelize and implement one today. Uh, the, part, of that, part of that is, you know, you're selling through the value proposition. So I need to do a better job at helping practitioners build the value proposition for a data layer. Um, I think that's one of the biggest barriers, one of the biggest barriers uh, preventing people from implementing or stopping people from implementing uh, the data layer is is the, the value. We, we don't have a well-constructed value proposition. There's one there, but but it's it's not we're not all we're not all communicating the same thing. And my commitment is I'm going to do a better job with uh, my, with what I write and communicating that value proposition. So that's that's another article. So, I mean, you see how deep this thing goes. You start talking about one thing. It's like, oh, I, I want Adobe to standardize the data layer. Now, all of a sudden, we're, we're talking about this other stuff. So if I have one piece of advice, don't don't let um, don't let my comments stop you from from implementing a data layer. I don't think you will. Um, and if you can manage to implement an event-driven data layer up front, great. Uh, but I completely understand if you don't, because there's like no documentation about that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I don't know if that's my no, one takeaway. No. That's, awesome. that's what it would be. Dude, uh, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for, for agreeing to come on and we'll definitely schedule yeah, a part two of this. Cause uh, again, I think we just started talk, uh, scratching the surface on a lot of really interesting topics so uh we will we will have you back and and continue to to go into this uh but great conversation um for for those listening if you haven't checked out jim's content uh we'll link up his his blog um and some of the other content he puts out there it's it's really amazing stuff as as uh, jim driscoll mentioned I, I Google his uh, cheat sheet at least three or four times a week. And it'd be super easy for me just to download the PDF. But I get a little bit of satisfaction thinking that Jim Gordon looks at his analytics and looks at the GR report and says, I bet that's Jason. I do. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sad. Uh, that's still the page that receives the most traffic on my site is uh, people coming in from Google yeah. searching for the, the cheat sheet. Yeah. Don't be ashamed, but feel free to print it out, post it up. It's also such check a good out resource. check out tactician in the data layer um viewer i created this data layer viewer thing recently which is super handy um uh basically it's like a bookmarklet you click on it and every time an event fires it shows you what the data layer your, your data elements it's a data element viewer yes sorry i've been talking too much about data data layers <laughs> yeah so data I, will, element viewer. I will link all that up it is it is all useful stuff and in addition to the cheat and it's sheet free. It's free. Uh, Jim has put an amazing amount of work into it. And Tactician, I use on a daily basis. So I'll link that all up. If you're not checking out his content, if you're not using these tools, 
um, and you work closely in the space, you are you're definitely missing out. So thanks again for joining us. Awesome conversation and really look forward to you uh, coming back to the 33 Tangents podcast studio. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, so shortly after we wrap up here, I'm going to work to get part two scheduled because one of the things you know, with part two, um, I want to get into, um, and why I want to get it scheduled right away is I want to get into why these conversations are important. Why, you know, how did we get to this point? Where were we before? What happened when TMSs were introduced and talk more strategically about availability of data and, and why, why a data layer is is, is important. So, um, Jim, I will get that on our calendar um, to record very very soon. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. I want to. I want to make sure we uh, we hit those topics because I think talking about those helps arm people when they start to get into the 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 the, the really fine details like we 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 talked about today. And, and this has been something Jason and I have been working on. God, since I joined Thirty Three Sticks, is yeah. how to arm our stakeholders with all the information when they go mm-hmm. to their uh, their program managers, their architects, and saying they need this. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yep. Cool. Word. Cool. Well, guys, this I really good. appreciate the time. This was uh, was awesome, and uh, so we'll go ahead and wrap up for now. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at www.33sticks.com. The 33 Tangents Podcast is a production of 33 Sticks.